You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's hiding, but he's your host, James Rapine. If you're watching on YouTube, thank you for watching on YouTube. We've just had our biggest day of YouTube downloads in the very, very short history of us being on YouTube. Why are you yawning? I'm yawning because, man, this Bengals offense has been putting me to sleep, Jake. And uh, you're right. The the fun part about YouTube, and if you're watching this, please uh, hit that subscribe button, is that I can I, I can do that. I, I can show you that being at training camp on Monday afternoon, it was cool on one side because the Bengals' defense looked really good, and we're going to get into specifics. But, man, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins – they put me to sleep. It was uh, it was a rough day for the Bengals offense. And the reason that it's so noteworthy is because I think Bengals fans everywhere are expecting the offense to carry this team. So that's where we're going to start today's show. The defense is winning these early practices. And we're going to talk about some specifics and how Joe Burrow seems to be handling it. We've got some injury updates coming your way in part two of the show and some players that are stepping up and stepping in with the number ones with a few guys missing. And finally, a special teams update, really from the last few days, but Darren Simmons spoke with the media today. We had uh, another Evan McPherson kicking update to give you and some some notes on Trent Taylor and Puka Williams as well, both of whom are trying to make this team. So we're going to finish the show there. But as always, we start with the overall notes from today's camp practices, the last day before pads come on on Tuesday as we're recapping Monday's practice. And it's another day where Joe Burrow's led offense struggled. And it wasn't just Burrow, but he certainly included with guys like T Higgins having some drops or Jamar Chase getting stripped or some, some badly thrown balls or the offensive line getting beat really up and down the sheet. It was by all accounts, not a good day for this offense on Monday. Ugly. Ugly, ugly. And honestly, they didn't put me to sleep. I was just almost mesmerized because this was a kind of a theme toward the end of last week. And I I tried to, you know, "Ah, let's be easy. Let's take our time. Let's not overreact. And I'm still there, by the way. That's how I feel. But it was ugly again today. And I was expecting a little juice, a little something, something, because now you're, you're a couple of days in, you know what the defense is going to do to a degree. And instead, it was the exact opposite. I mean, this defense continued to dominate these corners, even without Trey Waynes, which we'll get into. They were sticky, sticky to these receivers. They were on them, you know, from Eli Apple to Chidabe Awuzie and Mike Hilton, who talked and, uh, you know, discussed uh, his leadership, which I, I think is a key to this, to this mindset that the defense has right now. And again, we're talking early August, Jake. Not sure if this is going to translate, but I like the aggressive nature that the Bengals' defense is employing. You, you mentioned the uh, Jesse Bates punch out. He punched at the ball that uh, that Chase Chase catches the ball. He has to turn it to make the catch, and he turns into Bates, and Bates punches once, doesn't get it, and punches again. And that just that aggressiveness, that attack mindset and mentality. I think Mike Hilton 
really made an emphasis to bring that over from Pittsburgh. And he discussed that a bit. And I think so far we're seeing that early in camp. Will it continue? I'm not sure. Will it translate to wins? I'm not sure. I do know the defense right now is is certainly winning training camp. Yeah, and even Jermaine Pratt getting in on the action. So you have a really nice individual play from Jesse Bates that you just talked about. Throws a little bit behind, gives Jesse Bates probably a little bit more of an opportunity to catch Jamar Chase off guard with those punches that end up getting the ball out. And and then Jermaine Pratt, an interception in the middle of the field, which obviously is a negative for Joe Burrow, but I'm sure that's a big plus for Jermaine Pratt, who's in a little bit of a battle, it sounds like, to, to ensure that he is indeed the other starting linebacker with Logan Wilson. Yeah, it, it was it was a nice play. And unfortunately, it was one of those. I got video of the Bates punch out. Couldn't get video. It was one of the non-video periods of the the Pratt Chase Burrow interaction. Did get a couple photos. Um, but what it, it looked like to me from the side, and I consulted with Tony Pike uh, about this as well. He's a quarterback, and he threw plenty of interceptions in his day, and I would say that to his face. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was a, a cover three. And I think Burrow just wanted to force it. He was frustrated. I knew he was frustrated before that. He forces it into an area. Chase clearly wasn't open. So it was a nice play by Pratt, an athletic play to read it and move over and and high point uh, the ball essentially and cutting in front of Chase. At the same time, it's pretty clear Chase wasn't open. And so that uh, that to me was uh, a bit of frustration. But look, that's that's something this offense is going to have to battle through. Because I'll tell you what, Tuesday when the pads go on, this defense is extremely confident, and they're going to want to keep rocking this offense's world. And uh, it, look, it got to the point where at the end of practice, Zach Taylor brought the offense aside and just huddled with the offense, and the offense clearly frustrated and angry, and he talked to his guys a bit. So will that have an effect? Will they bounce back? Who knows? But this was uh, – it, it was a big W, and it's a good sign for Jermaine Pratt. Maybe that will get his confidence going because uh, the Bengals certainly need him – to play better than he did last year, where I thought he was one of the the major disappointments on a defense that had a bunch of injuries, and he was a guy who stayed healthy, but uh, it wasn't really a beneficial at his spot at linebacker. Certainly very up and down last year for Pratt, where you're looking for a little bit more consistency there, but he did have, as we've discussed, he did have some moments that were nice, and if he can find some confidence to be a little bit more consistent, I, I think that would be great for this defense, who's generally having a really good time. And you mentioned, James, that Zach Taylor kind of huddled with his offense late from what I saw reinforced that, Hey, yeah, you guys should be frustrated. This needs to be better kind of message. And, you know, I'm sure there's plenty of time to get there. I'm sure there's messaging happening that says, you know, the hard work we'll get through it. We'll figure it out. It's Zach Taylor's responsibility as well as the offensive play caller. And as this offensive mind to help get this offense, right. Also staying late from what I could see was Joe Burrow, who, stayed after with T Higgins and Jamar chase to work on some deep throwing a little bit after practice. Yep. And, uh, much needed. I mean, they still haven't connected on a deep ball. They're still not throwing many deep balls either. So that, that part is worth noting. I don't really remember chase hasn't been targeted on a deep ball in in quite some time. T Higgins, they did throw down on the sideline to him once. Uh, and it was a little over or underthrown, excuse me. Um, but look, they, they got to work on that, but they have so many other things to, to work on right now to get this offense in sync. I do want to mention this, though, and I think it was just more resting his legs. Tyler Boyd wasn't in there on some of these 11-on-11s, like the Pratt interception. 
he wasn't in on it. And he's moving fine. I don't think it has anything to do with health. I just think that was part of it. So that's part of it, too. If you're struggling on offense, guess who you're thinking of? I, at least I'm thinking of 83, right? It's finding a way to get the ball to the guy who always seems to be open in big spots. Well, he wasn't on the field for some of these. So I, I think that might have had a bit of an impact as well. But, yeah, Burrow stayed after. He was clearly frustrated during the practice. But uh, after that, they uh, they continued to work. And that's what's going to matter. That's what's going to pay off and benefit. Days like this are just going to make Jamar, T, Tyler, and the two Joes. It's going to make all these guys better because they're going to be pissed off and motivated. Uh, now, at the same time, you want to see them win some. And, and we'll see later this week if they can win a practice or two. Either way, we'll, uh, we'll have you covered here on Locked on Bengals. Yeah, we'll have to see how they react with the pads coming on, with things getting a little bit more real, a little bit more true to football starting on Tuesday. We'll see if that bounce back happens. We talked about it in our previous episode, James last year in training camp, when Joe Burrow and the offense had a bad day, they came back and had a really good day. And this time that really good day just hasn't come along yet. Maybe it won't, maybe it will. I expect it to come along probably sooner than later, to be honest, but we'll have to see if, and when that happens this year, as these units are starting to battle some minor injuries, some soft tissue injuries starting to come up and maybe their rest days before pads come on. We'll find out a little bit more tomorrow, but we'll update you on some of those injuries and some of the players that stepped up in their place coming up next. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. So maybe you think that Joe Burrow, despite a slow start to training camp is going to be comeback player of the year. I know Boomer Esiason thinks that could be the case. You can wager on it. Or maybe you like the Chicago Bulls now that they've signed Lonzo Ball and NBA free agency to make the playoffs or make a run in the Eastern Conference. Uh, you can bet on that too. And it's all in one spot, betonline.ag. It's the fun part because whether it's the Cincinnati Reds and Major League Baseball or MMA, UFC, the Bengals, or anything in between, they have you covered you're watching the games anyway. You're watching these matchups. You might as well get in on the action and make a little cash while you do it at betonline.ag. So go there now. And when you sign up and you make that first deposit, make sure you use promo code locked on. It's that simple locked on. And you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit at betonline.ag. Again, make sure you use that promo code locked on. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. This is two days in a row, James. I've learned NBA news from you when we discuss <laughs> the, the bet online stuff. I did not know that the Bulls had signed Lonzo Ball. And as a Bulls fan, I was born in Chicago, fun fact, uh, and grew up on the Bulls in the Jordan 90s, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, they need a point guard. If, if yeah. Lonzo Ball can come in there and be a, a facilitator, maybe they'll not be terrible. I don't know. That's that's kind of my ceiling for the Bulls. Anyway, let's get back to the Bengals, James, and, and as we had our, our daily sojourn into the NBA. I just got to mention, I love that I've slowly educated you just bit by bit on the NBA. And by the way, the signing happened about 15 minutes oh, okay. um, ago, which is like right as we were pressing record. NBA free agency started at 6 Eastern on Monday night. So you're fine, Jake. Don't worry. That's I, that's brand new news here on Locked on Bengals. How about that? Well, I know that I know that like their core is Zach Levine and that guy from the Magic. So I, I know they needed a, a point guard anyway. Injury updates for the Bengals. The, the big one that you alluded to at the start of the show, James, is Trey Waynes did not practice on Tuesday, said to have uh, some sort of hamstring injury, perhaps mild, perhaps yeah. not. 
but this is two years in a row now where Trey Wayne's, I mean, last year, obviously much more severe and, and I don't want to necessarily draw that equivalency, but dealing with injuries in the preseason and for his sake, for the Bengals sake, you got to hope he gets right soon because he's going to be relied on in a big way this year. Yeah. And I didn't notice anything Saturday. Like he was out there, didn't notice anything uh, during that back together Saturday event at Paul Brown stadium. And, and yeah, that's the thing is it looked like, cause at first I thought it was his knee. Cause he had like a, it looked like a brace on his knee, but what might've happened is he had his, might've had his whole hamstring wrapped down below his knee. Um, again, I can't confirm that, but there was a black sleeve, so to speak. And I saw him at a distance and he may always wear that by the way, but, uh, worth mentioning, but yeah, you need him out there. Absolutely. You do. And if this defense is going to be as, as good as they hope to be, regardless of your expectations, we know their expectations are higher. I think than what most people believe they are. If, if they're going to do that, then you need a Trey Waynes. And it's, uh, it would be a big hit if he, has to miss significant time. If it's just a couple of days and you're babying a soft tissue injury with a veteran, I get it because it's early in camp. It, you know, I want Trey Wayne's ready to go in 100% against this former team on September 12th. And, and however you got to get him there. At the same time, I think it's important for guys like Wayne's, Awuzie, all these newcomers, and I consider Wayne's a newcomer because he didn't play last year, to, to get some preseason reps. And so you don't want these lingering injuries that are going to keep guys – out of full padded practices and stuff like that. So the practices are going to become more intense. Hopefully this is just more of a, a precaution than anything. And heck, Jake, I was hoping during practice, I was like, ah, maybe it's just a veteran day for him. You know, you just give him back-to-back off days before the full padded practice. Unfortunately, that, uh, that wasn't the case. Yeah, and it's just a little bit concerning when you have soft tissue stuff early in the season, Mm -hmm. because as we saw with T Higgins, who was dealing with the hamstring going back to the end of his Clemson career, all the way through his rookie season with the Bengals, because, you know, he's pushing it to get ready to do something for draft prep. There's no real off days from here on. And I guess if Trey Wayne's had to miss time, it should be now rather than Later, I would prefer that they make sure that that hamstring is as healed as possible to to prevent the risk of re-aggravating it because we know historically, I mean, hamstrings are the most nagging of injuries, it seems like. You have a hamstring issue, it seems to just linger forever in the NFL in particular. So I hope he does get right. I hope it is just a minor thing that gets fixed pretty quick here and that he can get back on the field. But in his place, James, was a lot of Eli Apple from my understanding. And there's a true battle, I think, happening for that fourth cornerback spot between Eli Apple and Darius Phillips. And sounds like Eli Apple had a pretty nice day out there. He did. Look, number 20 just keeps showing up. And it took me last week a couple of times for him to, to make plays to where I didn't have to check the roster again and be like, wait, who's 20? And it, it's Eli Apple. And he flashed and had a, a pass defense during the the game uh, during the game during uh, eleven on elevens, I believe it was eleven on elevens, and then another time where Burrow during a red zone drill just had to roll out and just kind of throw like he like uh, finger rolled it since we're on the NBA topic, little finger roll out of bounds because no one was open, and Eli Apple was on Jamar Chase. Now I, this is not the. And I have to preface it with this. Don't take this audio and use it and say, oh, my God, Jamar Chase is a bust. I'm not saying that. There's plenty of times where Jamar Chase has gotten open in practice. But Eli Apple 
held his own and was was sticking to chase on this play and nobody was open. And uh, that was with Boyd and Higgins on the field. So that was uh, a heck of an effort by the Bengals uh, defensive backs. But yeah, Eli Apple, certainly impressive so far. Since you mentioned Darius Phillips, I'll talk about him a couple times here. Uh, he had a nice play on Auden Tate in the red zone, back of the uh, the end zone. Tate skies for it, and uh, Phillips went up with him and was able to, I think, tip the ball, but certainly prevent uh, Tate from getting just uh, enough on it to catch it. So uh, he was in the mix there as well. And he gives up what, like about a foot of height to Auden oh, Tate? Feels like it, and it looks like it for sure. <laughs> I, Darius Phillips is 5'10", so he gives up maybe a half foot to Auden Tate. Uh, that's pretty impressive. We, we know that Auden Tate has gone up to get some footballs and, and really use that length to his advantage. But good for those backup corners. I mean, look, the offense needs to get right, absolutely. But I feel like for all the skepticism about this defense, it's it's kind of nice that they're having some early successes in camp because we do think that this offense is going to click and is going to be good. So hopefully this is an iron sharpens iron situation. Uh, a couple of other guys getting in with the number ones today that we haven't really seen in that rotation yet, this time on the offensive line, and that's rookie Jackson Carmen rotating in with the starting offensive line. And Mike Jordan getting some snaps with that first-team offensive line as well. I don't think these are necessarily related, but Fred Johnson didn't practice today, had a quad injury that he's dealing with, so another one of those soft tissue injuries. And a little bit later in practice, toward the end of practice, as you told me, James, Riley Reef maybe had a, a small injury. Didn't keep him out. He went back out for the next play. So just something to keep an eye on with him. Might have tweaked a little something on a play late in practice when uh, Jermaine Pratt had that interception. But how about those guards working in with the number ones? It's interesting. And I wonder if this was... Again, and, and obviously it wasn't the case with Waynes or Johnson, but I was thinking like, all right, well, maybe Xavier Suofilo and Quentin Spain, it's full pads tomorrow. You're talking about a guy in Suofilo coming back from injury, Spain, 29 years old. If, if they've kind of entrenched themselves a bit, maybe you want to make sure they're they're fresh for tomorrow and, and not push them too, too hard, even though they were coming off of an off day. At the same time, maybe they just wanted to switch it up and see what these guys – uh, could do and what they were capable of bumping things up and playing with the ones uh, for a bit. So I, I like it. I like the shuffling and that's what Zach Taylor basically called it. All right, we're just getting some other guys in there and I'm, I'm not trying to mock him. That's just kind of what he said. And, and so we'll see Tuesday. I think that'll be the key when the pads are on and they go out for 11 on 11, who's rolling with the first team or when they're warming up right after stretches, who's rolling with the first team. And if it's, you know, if, if it's Jackson Carmen, if it's – I'd be surprised. If it's Michael Jordan, I'd be surprised. At the same time, I think they need to get a look at those guys. So I, I wouldn't be shocked if they rotate him a bit more. It should be a competition, right? And uh, hopefully Carmen shows enough to make it a competition because I, I want it to be a competition regardless of who ends up getting the starting job because it's going to make everybody better. It should be a competition, but they need to be careful that they don't go too far down the shuffling of guys route that we saw with Jim Turner and, and find some consistency early on once they figure out who their guys are going to be. And that's what I'll be watching for. I don't want to see mixing and matching incessantly for the entire preseason. Early, fine. In training camp, fine. But let's find something and start to stick to it. That would be 
my ideal. Speaking of competition, some special teams updates coming your way after Darren Simmons addresses the media on Monday. We'll get to Trent Taylor, Puka Williams, and the kickers coming up next. When it comes to Rock Auto, there is no competition. They're the best. You want to keep your automobile reliable, right? Staying on the road. There's nothing worse than unreliable transportation. I say it all the time. Rock Auto is the place to go to for that. It may be something as small as air filters, right? And I've used them for exactly that. The moment I bought my 2014 new used Toyota Corolla last summer, guess what? I knew that the previous owner never replaced those filters. So if you're buying a used car, that's something you could do for cheap and you can look up a YouTube video and do it on your own. And you do it by going to rockauto.com and searching uh, the year, make and model of your vehicle, whatever it is, whether it's as common uh, of a car as a Toyota Corolla or something a little rarer, like a Daewoo, Mercedes-Benz, a Beamer, a Bentley, any of them in one spot rockauto.com. They're a family business. They've been in the business for over 20 years and you can get auto parts for less. So go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car, truck, or Beamer, and be sure to write Locked On in there. How did you hear about us box so they know we sent you? Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. I love that the people can see now that they're watching on YouTube, the passion in James's face <laughs> as he goes to bat for our sponsors because we love them and we really do believe in the things they do and we love that they've been partnering with us for so long. James, let's wrap up today's episode with some special teams updates. Darren Simmons addressing the media really didn't necessarily have a whole lot to say because mm-hmm. it's so early in camp. He's waiting for pads. He's waiting to see preseason games. But there are a lot of positions in the special teams unit that need to be filled. Most notably is kicker. Both kickers had a really nice day in front of fans at Paul Brown Stadium. Sounds like the only misses came from 60 yards on back together Saturday at Paul Mm -hmm. Brown Stadium. And then Evan McPherson had his first, I would say, slightly concerned, not concerning. What's the word I want? Like a makeable field goal, like a routine-ish field goal miss when he missed one on Monday from what was it, 46 yards. And you'd, you'd like to see him make those you know, within 50, but you know, rookie kicker, first camp, potentially just one missed kick. No, I think that's what it was. And the snap was high, noticeably high. And, and I posted video at all bangles of it because yeah, like, like he's missed two field goals. So he entered today 14 of 15. So five of six. So you, you know, do the math there, 19 of 21. That's pretty damn good. I think we would take that all day long, right? Especially if one's a 60 yard miss. And so I would assume Tuesday is an Austin Seibert day and he's 13 of 15 uh, through the preseason at, at this point. So look, it, it is a good battle. And my, here's my dream. Cause we're going to talk about kickers a lot. I think it's Evan McPherson's job and it should be his job. He's already showed me enough, but you know, take it or leave it. Right. He's, he's still got to, to win the job the rest of the way, but hopefully they both just crush preseason so everyone can be confident in Evan McPherson. And then there's going to be like five teams that desperately need a kicker. It happened in Baltimore a few years ago. They got one of these kickers undrafted and he kicked really well. And then they traded him and got a pick because Justin Tucker's on the team. I would love, 
for the Bengals. And I'm not saying it's likely, and you you might shoot this down, but hey, I might as well look at it, this kicker competition through rose-colored glasses. I would love if Austin Seibert kicked his way into having some trade value when the, the rosters get cut to, to 53 before the start of the season. Kari Vedvik, the kicker that the Ravens traded to the Minnesota Vikings a couple of years That's ago right. uh, for a fifth-round pick. Sure, Ooh, baby. I mean, give me that, baby. That's money, baby. Look, any anytime you can emulate what the Ravens do with swindling teams with fifth round picks involved, you do it. Either, either you're giving up a fifth round pick for a player like Calais Campbell, or you get a fifth round pick for an undrafted kicker that you have no investment in. Sure, do do both of those things, Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, Copy those things from the Baltimore Ravens, who. Just, I mean, Justin Houston, most recent example, make a lot of really savvy moves. Not to praise the Ravens too much, but it seems like every year, you know, Kevin Zeitler, for example, there's another one. They they oh. find these value deals on really good role players. They find good value in trade. So, yes, absolutely, James. I would love to see the Bengals find a way to get something back for Austin Seibert, assuming he doesn't win the kicking job. But, uh, I mean, uh, it's still a pipe dream. Trent Taylor, on the other hand, I, I think his hopes for making the roster are far from a pipe dream at this point, has been very impressive as a wide receiver and and brings some return ability as well. I think that given the depth at backup slot receiver, which we've talked about several times when we've discussed Trent Taylor, I, I would put his chances of making the roster right now upwards of 65, 70% a week into training camp, which, you know, for a guy who was just a street free agent signing is, is pretty impressive for the short time he's been with the Bengals so far. If he's healthy, he's going to make the team. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's it. It's, does he get injured this preseason? Does he get injured in training camp? Because if not, he's quick. He runs routes. Well, he's got good hands. He makes one handed catches for touchdowns. Uh, he, he's, He's exactly what you would think of as a prototypical slot receiver. Plus, he's going to be reliable in the punt return aspect of things. And that is what they're looking for. I mean, and he's helping himself so much by making plays as a receiver and kind of establishing himself on offense. I think he's going to have a big preseason game or two and just kind of solidifies what we've seen so far. But from what I've seen as of right now, I'd be surprised if he didn't make this team and look, I, I just I think he should. I think it, it makes a ton of sense. Now, I know there are some Puka Williams people out there and I understand that. And maybe he does end up having a really good uh, training camp and, and, and put, you know, for the rest of the way here in a good preseason and really push it. And that's what it's going to come down to. And Darren Simmons talked about that. Like for Puka, he needs to see him in the preseason field punts because he's never done it before. And so it's not like you can go back. And the same thing for Trent Taylor. You need to see him do it some. But uh, what an addition, because I, I think he's more explosive than Alex Erickson, and, and I think he's more refined, and I think he has a higher ceiling as a receiver than Alex Erickson did. Now, how much better is he as a punt returner? We'll see in the preseason, like Darren Simmons said. But as of now, I like what I've seen from Chen Taylor. If he can just be like their solid, we need a fair catch Alex Erickson punt returner with maybe a little bit more because Erickson was better as a kickoff returner than a punt returner, but he was generally reliable as a punt returner, even if I didn't always agree with his decisions. Like he wasn't putting the ball on the ground, which 
mm-hmm. you know, you need somebody on your team who can do that. If he's the guy that's out there and, and is rotating with Darius Phillips in the way they used to do with Adam Jones, then great, you know, because he can be a, a somewhat reliable slot option if he needs to go out there for Tyler Boyd five, six, seven snaps a game. And I say five, six, seven snaps a game because I think if they do go two receivers, that that's probably enough rest for Boyd. Like Boyd isn't going to be a 100% player, so he shouldn't need a ton of backup. But I, I think that he could be active on game day. The real question is, can Puka Williams do enough, you know, to, to show that he can do more than just be a special teamer, which is going to be his job, I think, as you mentioned, James, once preseason games start to show that he can run routes or do whatever the gadget plays are that are valuable enough to use one of those roster spots on him. Yeah, that's his challenge. That's his his goal and quest. And, and maybe there's other areas of special teams that he can show he can be valuable in besides just punt returning. I will say this on Tyler Boyd, because that video that I posted on Saturday of him slipping, I did confirm with Darren Simmons, and I probably should have mentioned this earlier, Tyler Boyd's just this emergency punt returner. He's not going to be beating out Trent Taylor or be the starting punt returner. He said, no, he's too valuable. But if I have to use him, uh, I'll use him. But that's really just an emergency situation. And they just keep him uh, fresh out there because that's something he did, punt returning in college at Pittsburgh. Uh, And and then the, the other quick note, when it comes to Darius Phillips, Eli Apple emerging and showing he can be reliable at corner. I think that might give the Bengals a little more leeway here to use Phillips as a punt returner, like you just said, where you can kind of split time with Taylor and Phillips. Because that, to me, is like a perfect duo where you have this really explosive guy that, hey, if you really need it and you're hoping for a 50-yard return, you put Phillips back there. And not that Taylor can't give you 50, but if you need the more reliable hands and he'll fair catch it when you need him to, and he's not going to let the ball uh, or fair catch it on the four-yard line. Not that Phillips would, but I'm just saying, like that's how Adam Jones was, right? They wouldn't put him back there when they just needed it fair caught, essentially, or or wanted to play it safe. So that would be a perfect tandem to me. And I think Eli Apple emerging a bit might allow them to do that a bit more. Well, Adam Jones was notorious for never fair catching the ball. I think Darius Ever. Phillips, never. you know, it's not like he has a track record of being sloppy on special teams, but clearly the not way this team used him was, you know, they were selective in, in where they used him as a punt returner. And it could be for a number of reasons. Could be because they needed him on defense. Could be because they didn't trust him. Who, who knows really what mm-hmm. Darren Simmons' reasoning is. But the, the what we do know is that they use him in a rotational basis last year. And we could see some more of that this year. And we'll keep an eye on that with the pads coming on on tuesday we're with you five days a week so as james said at the top of the show if you're watching us on youtube please do hit that subscribe button it really helps us out quite a bit we do appreciate all of the listens all of the watches and i hope you're excited for pads to come on because i know i am those trench battles are about to get real and i'm excited to talk about those a lot more with the pads coming on all over the field Until next time, Bengals fans, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast as James is ready to go back to bed. Hootay, and have a good one.